Hey, what's up, my people? Welcome to the show. I hope you've all been good. I'm back at 80 Hertz Studios here in Manchester, feeling excited about speaking with today's guest, as I think he's potentially the first to connect large portions of the show's audience, which can only be a good thing. But before we get rolling, let me remind all you first-time listeners that myself and producer Ryan Hale are on social media, and the handle is kickback underscore Nadem. Feel free to give us a follow and share the handle with your friends, because, you know, why not? And be sure to hit subscribe to the show so that you get at least 10 years of good luck or something like that. I forget. That's that's what I read somewhere. But anyway, today's intro co-host, again, is my cousin Yudi. Let me know what you think of him. So please reach out on social media because I still think he's okay. And he doesn't like criticism, but I, I like to deliver it to him. So please let me know. Remember, it's kickback underscore Nadam on Instagram and on Twitter. But without further ado, here he is. Yudi, are you my son? Yes, yes, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good man. You got you got some interesting reviews after week one. So how are you feeling? <laughs> I was nervous, but then I remembered that I'm like I'm ten percent of the listenership. So uh, after <laughs> after that, <laughs> I relaxed. <laughs> Listen, men lie, women lie, but those numbers, my friend, <laughs> those numbers. Yeah, I'll let them speak for themselves. So are you ready? Yeah, we're gonna play guess the guest again. You know the rules. You guess correctly, and I'll donate to your charity of choice. You get it wrong, and I'm gonna be getting that audio note. We good with that? Sounds good. All right, cool. Well, for those who don't know, he's going to get three clues. He's going to get three questions, and he's allowed three guests to try and figure out who today's guest is going to be. So I fancy chances this week, so let's begin. He has played in the MLS, the Bundesliga, and the Premier League. Clue Uh number one. Clue number two, he's been capped 19 times by the U.S. men's national team. Clue number three. We both have one team in common. Who is this week's guest? <clears throat> one team. What was the team in common? <laughs> oh, this is this is what I hate. I'm going to have to make this harder for you because these questions are so direct. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, answer my questions. Stop stalling. The, the team in common is Manchester City. Manchester City. Um, 19 caps. Uh, okay. Position. I want to know. Give me that position again. Mm. the position is goalkeeper i thought so i thought so these questions are too good i'm gonna give you one question next week that's it it's a fact (laughs) just one question (laughs) do you have another question are you gonna Um, gonna get all right and last question go on when did they retire um they retired in approximately 10 15 years from now (laughs) Okay, um, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Stefan is correct with the first guess. With the first <laughs> guess, it's too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. Ah, feeling so, myself. Okay. So what? So what's your charity this week then? Christie Hospital in Manchester Foundation Trust in Manchester. I'm okay. To them. Okay. Um, All right. I respect it. I respect it. Thank that you. is a Thank you. that is that's a good charity, that's a good foundation. So I'm more than happy to go into my pockets and give money to that side. But these Thank questions you, are gonna get harder on a week to week basis. But for listen, now, man, look, I, I'm just playing the game. You made the rules. So. Yeah, I know, and I'm gonna change the rules as well. But for now, you just sit back and enjoy as we keep it here in rainy Manchester and go across and speak to Mr. Zach Stefan. Mm-hmm. 
Zach. Do I call you Z? Do I call you Z? What, what's what's the best thing there? Uh, you can just call me Zach. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 Well, firstly, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Am I catching some sunlight and you through your window? Yeah, there? man. It's absurd. It's like honestly, it's almost blinding me. But I'm <laughs> I'm trying not to complain about it because yeah, yeah, this is most we've gotten in the couple, last couple of weeks. I was going to say that's privilege in Manchester, man, to be able to see yeah. those rays at this time. That's a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, where so, are you from? Yeah, to be, believe it or not, I'm actually from Manchester. So I was born in okay. Nigeria, but I was raised in Manchester 25, sorry, nice. probably wow. nearly 30 years now. So yeah, I'm used to this. I'm used to this, man. So uh, firstly then, welcome to the city. I can see and I can hope that the club have been looking after you. I know Harry's on the call, just making sure I don't say anything too wild, but it's good to, <laughs> it's good to see you in there, man. So I want to talk today, if possible, about the rise of Zach Stefan, yeah? Because yeah. from doing my research, and obviously knowing you anyway, but from doing my research, it's, it's quite a story. So to begin with then, so you start off at Philly Union Academy, but only four years ago, you were playing for Pittsburgh Riverhounds in the USL. And only two years before that, you were a Terrapin for Maryland in the NCAA, yeah? yeah? But when I see a guy now that's playing in the Premier League, I don't, I don't see many people like that who were in college maybe six years ago and now playing at top level. So realistically, what I want to ask is like, I understand the system, but what, how, how do you go from being in college six years ago to now being at this point here? Like, why did you, for example, why did you leave the Philly Union Academy? Uh, well, yeah, so I decided to go to college. Um, my parents wanted, yeah, wanted me to do some school, wanted me to start it at least. Um, and I, I knew that I wasn't ready really to go pro at that time. Um, I knew that goalkeeping is kind of like a slow burn compared to field players. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that I might as well go to school, um, meet some new people, some good people, um, get some good games. Um, yeah, learn about myself off the field. Um, and then when, when the time was right, um, if it would come, if the chance would come, I would, I would go pro. Okay. Okay. So technically then it sounds like your family made sure that's where you went. So you didn't really have a choice. The sort of unofficial family makes decisions choice. No, I mean, I had a choice. I mean, I could have definitely gone pro. Um, but my parents and I, we sat down and we talked and we, uh, we thought the best, best path for me was to go to school, get games, play games, um, grow a little bit there. And then I think I'll be ready. Okay. And, so why did yeah. you, um, so why did you choose Maryland then? Um, just the program, um, the history of the program, um, Sasha, the coach, the, the goalkeeper coach at the time, um, they they were really good. Um, and then it was two hours from home. Um, so my family got to be part of that, the, um, the games and, and all that. Um, and it's a, it's a good, uh, good university as well. So, um, it was really a no brainer. Okay. Okay. So was the goal then for you when you left there, was the goal to actually try and play pro or did you have other things in your mind? Well, yeah, I definitely wanted to go pro. I love football. I, I um, have the most fun with it that I do. Um, so, um, and I'm pretty good at it. It's taking me to, <laughs> to some pretty cool that's a fact. Some pretty cool places. That's and, a fact, and, bro. That's a fact. Yeah, it's introduced me to to a lot of cool people. So, um, yeah, I wanted to uh, go to college, 
start my degree and then um, hopefully go pro and, and that's the way it went. And in that sort of college team, because I'll be honest, as a Brit essentially going over to the USA, I had no idea about the importance of college sports over there. No idea. Like watching the um, college football playoffs and stuff now, uh-huh. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. But I had no it's idea. crazy. Man. I had no idea. But with that in mind then, because obviously within football, some people go to the very top level, but you have other people who do it just to represent the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you mm-hmm. then playing, I wanted to, I wanted to say soccer. I can't say soccer because I'm not <laughs> in the US anymore. But with that, was most of the people in your team like you in the fact they wanted to turn pro or were some just doing it to play for the school? Uh, I think there's both. Um, I think there were definitely a handful of people who were most of the team that were there for soccer, football. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Obviously, was focused. We're focused on on school, but wanted to try and go to Maryland and enjoy it and and win a tri- championships and and then go to play pro. And then there was obviously some that um, kind of were school first, and then using the the, the soccer team um, as like an extracurricular activity. Um, so, do you think? Um... Do you think having that type of mix of players affects people's um, chances of making it pro? Because I'll be honest, in an academy, it's like dog eat dog. You know, every single day, mm-hmm. everybody has to be like all in or you just get moved on. So it's almost yeah. like the standard gets raised. But how was that in college? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's tough. I mean, there are definitely... It... Yeah, I mean, there were some, a few weak links, honestly. But I mean, obviously college soccer isn't, the best quality. Mm. Um, but I mean, at Maryland, we had some, some good players and, and yeah, we, there, there's a long line of, uh, of professional players that have left, um, Maryland. Um, so I mean, we had a good, good group of guys that, and we had a good group of captains that really pushed, um, pushed everybody and, and Sash is crazy. Our coach, um, so he really didn't let us become, um, too complacent. Okay. So you, you've gone into the into college to try and find your way into pros. You're in the USA, you're an American, you're not too far from where you live. So why is it then that when you left, you went to Germany? Um, I think at the time, I got everything that I could out of, out of Maryland, games. Um, I think it was a time for me to, to be pushed on the field and, and off the field. Um, and Freiburg was just an opportunity that they they're watching me for for a couple of years and, and were highly interested. So um, I thought as I'm young, I'm, I'm really got nothing tying me back in the states. So um, I might as well try and take a chance and see see what it's like over here. So you're saying you knew for a couple of years and that that was on the cards, or did it just come out of nowhere? Yeah, for like a year, year and a half. Two years max, there it was like on the cards, and and I was trying to, I was supposed to go over there for some trials, and and then got injured, and and um, they're watching me with national team camps and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, the last the last like six months of it, it was pretty much. Uh, okay, so how do you feel then, as a young man, probably leaving home, home for the very first time to go to somewhere where the culture is different, the language is different, the football is different. Like, were you confident or were you nervous at all? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I'm very much a homebody. I love being with my family, my friends. Um, I love my life at home. Um, I'm, I'm definitely privileged. Um, 
it's an easy life at home. So it was definitely tough um, leaving home, being six hour time difference, 5,000 miles away um, from family, from friends. Um, it was definitely tough in the beginning. Um, and Germany is, Freiburg is a smaller city in Germany, um, beautiful. But uh, it, for an 18, 19-year-old American to go over there, um, I just needed more um, kind of things to do around the city and, and, and um, just like more camaraderie with amongst the team or, or um, yeah, it was tough. Um, learning the language, the culture, and, uh, there were definitely some, uh, some tough times, but um, yeah, those are all lessons. Yeah, I see what you said. And do you know when you went over there, what did they say to you that made you choose them? Did they say like you have a clear pathway to the first team? Did they see you as a long-term guy? Like what, what were they saying? Yeah. So the, the plan was for me to be there for a season with the second team, season and a half with the second team, and then move up to the first team. Um, I went, I got there uh, in January of 2015. So it was already halfway through the season. So I was going to do it a year and a half with, with the second team big games with them and then move up to the second or to the okay. first team. You know, again, like I keep having to remind myself, even though I know your name and I've seen you play loads of times, I keep having to remember like you're still quite young because this stuff you're talking about, this is five, six years ago. You know, that's a, that's such a big change in such a short time to be talking about the second team for, for Freiburg and now be playing in the first team for Man City. Like that's, that is a one hell of a ride. That's one hell of a ride. You go over there then and it doesn't quite work out, but why doesn't it work out? Why do you decide to come back to the USA? Um, I think, I mean, I'm a very big believer in like happiness, obviously. Um, you gotta be happy to, to be able to do what you do best. Um, and I, I, for me, I love having my family and my friends, like a part of my career. Um, so I, I yeah, it was tough to be out there without my family, friends. Um, yeah, I made some friends over there um on the team um people who who were not part of the team and um yeah there are definitely some good moments over there they weren't all bad but um i just wasn't happy i wasn't passionate about football really anymore i was kind of just losing my 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 sight my 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 vision mm -hmm. um so i want to yeah just come back um be around yeah, my loved ones, have them be around me and, and um, really just focus on, on finding happiness and, and, um, and falling back in love with the sport again. You know, that's, it's such a good point that you're making there about, say, that love for the game, because from when it leaves you, it's not the best game in the world anymore. You know, if you have, if you, if you literally feel great about the game and everything's going your way and so on, like I, I, I dare you to try and find many better jobs in the world. But unfortunately, the other side of it is when it's not going so, people don't want to give you sympathy, but it's hard, especially looking at you and seeing how young you would have been at the time. You're a long way from home. Yeah. You don't have that same feel that you do now. So that, that distance, every, every mile feels further away, if you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's such a big deal. But anyway, you went to Columbus and like I said, I didn't know anything, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about Pittsburgh Riverhounds until that two years being in the, I knew nothing, <laughs> I knew nothing, bro, nothing, but I know them now and they're a good team. So Pittsburgh Riverhounds, that's who you're playing for in that first season in 2016, I think. Is that right? 
Yeah, so I went to Columbus, and yeah, they wanted me to get games. And so, yeah, I went on loan to Pittsburgh for like their last eight games of the season. Okay, and how, and how was that then, the transition to actually being a pro-pro? Yeah, I mean, when I got to Columbus, I knew, because just the goalkeeping, they already had a number one established, um, and um, so I knew I was not going to get any games. So um, when they said, oh, let's get, get you games at first, I was like, I was kind of a little annoyed because I wanted to be with the crew and, and, and train mm-hmm. with them and all that stuff. But uh, after like five minutes, I was like, oh, okay, let's let's do it. Let's try it. Um, and... So then I went out there, got games, and honestly, man, it was a it was a fun time. Um, it was kind of kind of felt like college all again, um, all over again. Mm-hmm. No pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're kind of like coming down from an MLS team. They um, they kind of treat you a little bit better than than their own guys. Uh, yeah. So they took care of me and and um, yeah, getting games and being able to make five, six, seven saves a game. Um, mm-hmm. and keep yeah, it's, it gave me confidence to, to go into the preseason next season to, to get the number one. Yes, yeah, so, so obviously the number one for Columbus is something that you did have. And just to, you know, let the people know who may not respect you enough just yet, you know, when you're MLS goalkeeper of the year, the MLS best 11 and MLS all-star at such a young age, you know, you can flex on them if you want. Just say, yeah, I was that. Just say that. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could. Yeah, you could. You should. And it speaks for itself. But what the question I wanted to ask about that is, uh, well, you were playing for the USA as well. So at this point now, you've come back home. You're creme de la creme in the league. So my question is, did you at that time have ambitions to go elsewhere or were you very, very content with how that was going in the USA? Uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to come back over to Europe. Uh, okay. But I didn't know how, how long. I mean, I was definitely enjoying MLS, um, getting those games. Yeah, the crew, the, the Columbus, oh, that was just such a special time, special team. Um, but yeah, I had no, no really like game plan. I knew I wanted to go into like the, the next couple of years within the, yeah, mm-hmm. within the first couple of years I, I came back um, if I was doing well. Um, and, but I'm, for, for me, I'm very much a day-to-day person, game by game, training by training. I don't like look ahead too, too far into the future. Uh, okay. So I was just more, more focused on the process and getting better each game, each training, uh, trying mm-hmm. really just trying to enjoy it and be happy and enjoy life and roll with the punches. Um, and yeah, this opportunity came along just by following, following that. Yeah, you, you know, you've congratulations, man. You've got that playbook of the exact answers to give to certain questions. <laughs> I see it. I see it, man. It's impressive. Uh, here we go. <laughs> no, it's impressive. So you say this, but then when Bristol City came in with an offer then in the summer of 2018 and the club and the league say no, what, how did you actually feel when you found out that they said no? Wow, you really did your research. Um, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm serious with this. This is, not, this is not a COVID podcast. This is old school. This is getting old now. Um, yeah, Bristol. So that, that came way too out of the blue too quick um i had like a day or two to decide um if i wanted to take it it was towards the end i want to say it was towards the end of the uh the transfer window um mm-hmm. and in my gut i wanted i wanted to come back over to europe but in my gut um uh yeah i just it, it just didn't feel right didn't sit right um after and i mm-hmm. talked to to greg berhalter the the 
Columbus coach at the time and talked to my parents, obviously, um, and my agent. And yeah, it just didn't feel right. Um, which is crazy because then a couple of weeks later I get a call from agent and goes, yeah, so, uh, Manchester city is looking into you. And I go, what? <laughs> I got no way. So I was like, wow, thank, thank the Lord. Skip on that. Yeah. That's that, you know, that that's, that's one of those examples where, yeah, you bet on mm-hmm. yourself and who knows what's ahead. And that that's a big moment because city at the time, I think they were defending uh, yeah. league champions. Uh-huh. It was a, it was so listen, you, you must have felt like a king. <laughs> so this is the best goalkeeper in MLS. You said nah to Bristol and Saras. <laughs> okay, cool. No worries. Man City coming instead with Pep. Ooh, I tell you what, that's that's special. That's a special few yeah, months. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> wasn't too bad. What am I hearing? <laughs> so what? So like I say, when City come in, then what? What your initial feelings? Are you? Are you like thinking? Oh, this is. Is this real? Yeah, I mean, I. It was like. Yeah, I said to my agent, I was like, wait, what? What do you just say? Say it again. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just surreal. Um, I called my parents after. Obviously, we had to keep it quiet. Um, but I called my parents after. And yeah, I mean, we were just in awe. Um, uh, obviously, it was amazing. Um, but it was also like that was like a six month deal, five month deal kind of in the making as well. So it's that call came in like August and the deal didn't get done until right before Christmas. So it was a, it was, it was right. a patient process. Um, but yeah, it, it got done and it was, yeah, amazing. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. Did you, um, so you coming across as, as a confident person, not an arrogant person, a confident person. So you're playing for Columbus and we all know the MLS exists as a, as a football league in the world, but not the one with the biggest name. So with that being said, when say, when city come in for you, are you having, do you have any doubts or are you just thinking this is fine? This is all part of my path. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in God. So I, yeah, I just roll with the punches, honestly. Um, whatever, yeah, whatever he has planned for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna follow it. I'm gonna work hard, whatever, um, whatever way I go. Um, so at the time, yeah, I mean, obviously I would, I was thinking about it every day, but, um, yeah, I was just like, just to focus on, on what you can control and that's training, that's games, that's enjoying the time that you have here with your teammates, your friends. Um, and if it's meant to be, then the deal will go through. And if it's not, then keep going and, and maybe other opportunities will come along. Okay, and with that then, so from December you're owned by Man City, but you still stay at Columbus, and then you end up going to Germany. Were you to, to play for Dusseldorf again? At this point here, were you frustrated you hadn't made it over there yet, or again are you just rolling with the punches, feeling like this is just how it's supposed to be? Yeah, rolling with the punches, knowing that City had a good plan for me um, with the whole European passport, with getting games um, over here in Europe, and then getting. Yeah, Bundesliga games. That's a great league. Um, great mm-hmm. league. Um, so it, it was. Yeah, I was totally fine with the with the with the plan. Um, I just had to be patient. Okay. So you're being patient. The time comes. You get the call. You need to go over to start the new life. The new life that was put in stone 18 months earlier. So what is in the Zach Stefan travel pack? Who do you travel alone? 
you taking dogs with you? One of those guys who got like four dogs uh, and stuff like this. Like, what's in what? What do you travel with for to start no, the, really, start a new life? Wow, yeah, I'm really simple. Dogs, four dogs. I would be brutal to take over to overseas. Um, but I am a huge dog person. Um, I want to I want to get a dog so badly, but just a lot of travel and, mm. and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty simple. I mean, a couple suitcases. Definitely got to have, have the kicks, have the clothing, um, and then. I mean, that was just a preseason. Then my sister came over, um, Lexi. She came over in August, so I went over in July. She came over in August, and she lived with me over in Dusseldorf for for a year. Okay, okay. Um, Man City. Then you finally made it over. Obviously, it's in Manchester. What do you? What are your first impressions of the city? And you know, try and say without talking about rain, because <laughs> you know, rain is rain in Manchester. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. No, so I mean, I so I came over here in July to uh, do some training, uh, do some treatment on my knee, get healthy again. Um, and honestly, I mean, the weather okay in July, it wasn't great. It was weird. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Welcome. But welcome. then, yeah. But then in August, when I came back, I went back home for a couple of weeks, and then I came back end of August, and I was quarantining for like two weeks. And couldn't leave my apartment and it was beautiful every day um <laughs> which was awesome because i have a great view so it was awesome um uh-huh. and then honestly like september october no even most of november wasn't bad weather really mm-hmm. it's really only been like december and yeah january, january yeah. that it's been kind of cold and wet and just eh. but honestly i've been i've been pretty blessed with and that's what everybody's been telling me so um no, Manchester's been great. I mean, it's unfortunate the COVID situation and all that. Yeah. So the lockdown. Um, I have my best friend over here living with me. Okay. Um, so we were able to to check out some restaurants, um, some different shopping, um, some different walks. But yeah, I mean, it's a cool city. A lot of good food. Nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, similar to to the states. Um, obviously, has there has its different culture and and, and different things over here, but. No, Manchester's a, a cool city. Um, the team is great. I mean, they, they really help you with feeling comfortable and feeling at home and getting settled um, as soon as possible. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was a very easy and seamless transition, honestly. Yeah, you gave all the right answers for all those City fans who were listening in very carefully. It's true. You did gave all the right answers. It's true. No, I see, I see what you're saying. Like, this is, this is my city as well. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And looking out your window, it looks like you're in city center. Is that right? City center, yeah. Yeah, so you're in a good spot. Obviously, during COVID times, it's a bit different. But at some point when things open up again, I think you'll have a real good time. Um, So how are you finding being part of the team and just the club in general now? Because I'd imagine this is the place now where you're playing for a team with the most expectations. Yep, yep, most pressure. How's it affecting you? Yeah, I mean, the first month, month or two, Three couple months. I mean, yeah, you got to get used to. It. Especially for me, I was coming off uh, 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 knee injuries, so I, I didn't play in, since like last January. So coming into to training, um, yeah, it took me a couple, a couple, probably two three months to really find my rhythm, um, get my confidence back up, feel comfortable with the team. And once I got a couple games with them, and I could, and then um, we did pretty well, and and they knew that they could trust me back there. Um, yeah, I mean, that definitely, um, that's definitely big, very big for me mm-hmm. for confidence, big for the team for confidence. Um, so, uh, it's tough. This year has been tough with no preseason, no time to, yeah. to get those games with them and get 
the kind of one-on-one time that we do in, in preseason hotels and, and dinners and, and, and nights out and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and then team dinners and, and Christmas celebrations and stuff that we would normally have that we, we haven't had with, because of COVID it's, yeah, it's tough not to have that bonding and, and that fun with those guys and seeing really what they're like off the field and, and yeah. the facility. But, um, at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, mm-hmm. with, yeah, with the situation that we're all in, I can't complain really at all. No way, you can, but you won't. So that's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the uh, the facility is not too bad now. Oh uh, no, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, special man. So I so I was there at the old training ground, and that just before they left, it was like starting to get really good. And then I saw when I was there when they were going around to try and figure out how to build the training ground you're at now, and they didn't just go and look for football specific training grounds. They looked at every training ground that was a top training ground around the world for everything. <laughs> And said, yeah, we need this, we need that, we need whatever. I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And then I saw the videos and I've been there twice maybe. It's not the, it's, I, my take is this. If Manchester United and Manchester City, because I'll mention United because obviously the Man United, but if they were in a place with better weather, they would be able to acquire any player they want yeah. in the world. Seriously. Like, Seriously. Yeah. And, so and you still got to give them credit for all the players that they do acquire with the weather. Oh, listen, exactly. People And some of the people stay here for a yeah. long time. I'm seeing yeah. people from the south of Spain who usually get yeah. four, the, like the equivalent of like 500 days of sunshine yeah. a year coming here. It's like, ah, this, this, if it's going to be sunny in two weeks. Make sure you're ready for it. And they're happy. <laughs> they just adapt. Absolutely. It's crazy. So go on then. So Mr. I was playing for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in f- four years ago. How is it then, and how do you feel having made your Premier League debut now? How was the build-up to that game, and how was the game? Um, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was pretty quiet. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just like so many games here, so that I mean, there's not you don't have like all this time to like you don't have a whole week to to think about the game. You know, you have a training or two, and then you're you're playing mm-hmm. again. Um, so it's really quick. It's really quiet. We, we try not, Pep does a good job of trying not to give us too many meetings um, to kind of like just get away from it all because it's a lot, obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, the guys tried to give me confidence going into the game and, and I just tried not to think too much um, and just to go out there, play my game. I'm here for a reason. Um, yeah. And I just got to trust that and I got to, yeah, like I said, I I put my tr- my faith and trust in God, and, and that He will protect me and and, and carry me along. So, um, yeah, I don't have any any really worries. Listen, I'm I'm gonna show some bias here because I'm technically a Man City fan, and you and go. I've got no worries. <laughs> I got no worries. So I'm I'm happy, and I'm looking forward to the point as well when it's safe to have fans in the stadium because I know you've played with fans in Columbus and in Germany and stuff, but. I guarantee you there's some places you're playing over here. You'll remember it for the rest of your uh, life. I can't wait. But I, when I've been playing these games, I've been like, sometimes I've caught myself like thinking, like kind of like imagining if the whole stadium were filled and how much more yeah. special that would be. Uh, I can't, I, like, yeah. yeah. But it feels like it's so far, like it's been so long since we've had that. And it feels like we're yeah. not going to get there. And I like soon. Yeah, you will. Uh, yeah hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it, who knows when it'll be, yeah. but 
when, when it gets there, I think things will be okay. But yeah, they're going to be some some great games for you. And I can't wait for you to see, well, obviously experience the City fans at home, but some of the away games as well. Yeah. Say when you've got like a few thousand City fans there and a lot of, like people aren't, don't like City now, you know. Really? So you make sure that you're, uh, you're feeling all right. Okay. Huh? Don't take anything personally because there'll be some stuff thrown at you. <laughs> Okay, that's good though. It's always fun that way. Yeah, for sure. So again, you're surprised I did my research, but my research also showed up the fact that you have something called Voice Now. And this is something which I'm interested in, and I'd like to hear more from you about this. So could you please shed a little light? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, after the the George Floyd killing that we all saw, um, I... I, I went to Maryland and I became really good friends with Alex Cornelli, um, who played uh, at Maryland as well. And then is from Columbus, homegrown, signed with Columbus six months after I got there. Um, okay. So then we were playing there and we just, yeah, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're really good friends. Um, so we were talking after that George Floyd um, video, um, like, we were just fed up and obviously we, we felt all the emotions that everybody else felt. Um, and so we were like, all right, what can we do to, to help kind of give back to the communities that have supported us to get, to push us to where we are today. Um, so we decided to come up with voice now. Um, we named it voice, um, with the Y because we all have a voice, no matter how big your platform is. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the why for you, um, um, and then, yeah, so it's really just about bringing together athletes, celebrities, um, yeah, any, anyone who, who's really willing to, to give back to a community that they grew up in or a community that they're playing in or working in. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's really just giving back to kids, um, the, the, minority kids who don't have food, don't have, uh, schooling resources. Um, yeah, just to those families who are really, um, don't have all the chances and resources and opportunities that I had growing up. Um, so right now we're focusing, we're, we're working with the boys and girls club of America to, um, to dish funds out to, um, like six major cities in America that will go towards kids, um, for school, for virtual schooling cause COVID, um, cause we noticed that there's a lot of kids that can't even do school because they don't have Wi-Fi or, um, mm-hmm. they don't have books or laptops, um, for virtual school. So we don't want them to get held back even more than, um, they already are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just in the future, we want it once COVID's kind of settled and, and managed and all that stuff, we want to, we want to do camps. We want to go into those communities, do mentorship programs. Um, and yeah, do some stuff like that. So we have about a hundred athletes, um, right now in the community family. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's based in the USA or do you have athletes all around the world? Uh, I, I have athletes all around the world, but they're mostly, um, it's mostly based in America. I would like to, mm-hmm. hopefully, if it grows big enough, I'd like to bring it over here. I mean, I'd love to mm-hmm. support as many communities as I can, um, yeah. as we can. But right now, just focus uh, in America. 
so I've loved everything that you've said, like till this point and to this point here is the thing which I think matters the most about you because for somebody so young to try and pin that on yourself is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. But I think in this world that we live in now, I think overall, I don't want to rant at people. Some people don't care, but if they don't care, I don't care, whatever, fine. It's the like it's the self-awareness to know what your impact is around on the people around you and to understand that everybody has a story and the world that you see isn't necessarily the same as others see as well. Mm-hmm. So for as much as things were triggered from the George George Floyd video for lots of people, um, like even the Black Players Coalition uh, coalition mm-hmm. in the uh, in the MLS and stuff, there's people have been thinking about and they understand their roles, but that was that was like the the trigger point. And to be able to try and make a difference whilst having a platform there, you know, that's invaluable. Invaluable. You never know who you might be able to mm-hmm. help, but people do need help, but you'll never hear their cries yeah. because they don't have a platform to be able to say it. And I think this last year with COVID has kind of highlighted in some ways the disparity between people who have access to anything that they want mm-hmm. and need and people who have access to nothing who are supposed to be living the same life. Absolutely. You know? And you highlighting that and the people who are on board with you, Anybody in this in this last year who's looked at more than just themselves in the mirror is for me is invaluable. So, where can people find out more information? Because I like I, I think I saw you were trying you're selling the um, the warm up tops yeah. from USA. Was yeah, it? so we're we're doing an auction to uh, yeah um, for like eleven or twelve. I think eleven jackets. Uh, the be the change warm up jackets with the whatever the the player wanted to put on the, uh, the back. So we're doing an auction right now. Um, and I think that ends Saturday or Sunday. Um, and okay. then, uh, so all the, yeah, all the proceeds will go to this, uh, minority education fund. Okay. So let me, um, obviously your media savvy, but the media is different over here cause it's relentless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things which are required of you. So you talk about voice now, you talk about things that are charitable and, and so on. And you, you know, you're obviously young. Where can people get this, my friend? You need to plug your stuff properly. Give me a website. Give me a link. Give me something. People want to know. They're like on the edge of their seats. Is it a secret? No, because he's going to say you can get it from. Uh, yeah, add, vo- <laughs> add voice now um, on social media. Um, and then website is voicenowfoundation.org. See, there you go. That's that is the biggest lesson. Forget what Pep teaches you or the goalkeeping coach. I've just given I gave you the biggest lesson you've had in the whole time been in the UK. That's the biggest one. I appreciate you. You plug your stuff. You plug your stuff every time you can, because then we'll grow. Yeah, absolutely. So, so now I want to talk because we have we have something in common: the fact that we've both played in England and played in the USA. So I want to talk about both leagues as a comparison, both in my perspective and your own. Yeah. So having played in both, what would you say the best thing is about each league? Oh, I mean, I feel like I haven't even gotten the full uh, experience of this league yet because there's no fans. Um, But I mean, obviously the the talent in the Premier League is amazing. I mean, the goals, the, Mm -hmm. the defending, the the brilliance, the creativity, um, is, yeah, is top. Um, MLS, I would say, man, it's tough. I mean, kind of the nice thing in MLS is it, the games can go either way. It's pretty much yeah, in the Premier true. League too. Um, I mean, that's just football. 
but MLS it's, it's, yeah. it can go. Yeah. Anyway. Um, really. And that's kind of fun. It's really, who's like, whoever is better yeah. on the day. Yeah, for sure. But then this is my thing, my rant about American sport. So the concept of parity is there, but still in other sports, you know, he's going to be top and you know, he's going to be bottom, even though you're paying the same amount, you know, and that's yeah, for the most part. that confuses me a little bit. But anyway, that's a whole different topic for off air. We'll leave that. Um, how would you describe the MLS then to a player who wants to be a player from England who wants to go and play in the MLS? Uh, I would say it's an athletic league. Um, I would say it's getting better. Um, the, in, in the football aspect, in the, the salary aspect, in the um, exposure aspect. Um, mm-hmm. It's... These tough questions, man. You don't get these on a day-to-day basis. It is tough. Uh, it's a bit sloppy, MLS. And, I mean, yeah, the relegation promotion, I mean, that's, uh, that's a huge factor. Um, mm. That puts a lot more stress on, yeah, families and, and, and players. Um, mm. And you don't see that in the MLS. Yeah, I'd say that I'd agree with that. For my two and a half years there, there were some players who were really, really good and they had that sort of burning desire to be successful. Yeah. But then there are some on the opposite side of that where it's like, it's a hobby, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, it's fine. That's, that's how they want to be. But I know some people that would easily be able to play anywhere else around the world, but some other people who would not last a single minute in an environment where like it's business, you know, you step out. But yeah. So the next one then, considering how big the game of football is over here and around Europe and the world, essentially, do you think it'll ever be as big in the USA? two Americans? That's a good question, man. I, I don't know. Fire, it's a, fire it's a questions. Pop, it's a popular question. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy, though, because every kid, literally every kid who grows up starts by playing soccer, football. Right, okay, okay. Every single kid in America. Um, that's what parents sign them up for is, is soccer because it's easiest and, and they don't really have to coach them. They go yeah. run around, whatever. And it's, fairly cheap i guess compared to ice hockey and football american football i don't know man i mean i don't know i hope they start to love soccer like they love nba and 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 football um but it's it's tough i mean yeah nba for whatever reason in football i just i don't know why americans love that it's, it's like life or death. Like, I didn't even know what yeah. it was to be uh, a Saturday. But it's like, it's like, it's like cool. football over here. But like, why is it? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, like, soccer is only 25 years old over there. But yeah. So. It, well, yeah. The, the league is, yeah. Oh, but it started in 96. Yeah, the league. Yeah. yeah. Okay, which kind of way before. Which freaked me out a bit because of the fact that I'm in a league where I was older than most of the clubs in it. You know, whereas I'm used to going yeah. in the UK and I'm seeing someone's chest saying 1882 and stuff like this, and mm-hmm. looking at their history. But then instead, it's like, here's a team that says 2016 on it. I'm like, okay, 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 interesting. interesting. Yeah, there's so much culture over here with it. It's amazing. Um, do you think it's a bad thing then that the elite, that the people of America might not necessarily ever fully understand and embrace the game the way it's embraced around the world? Do I think that they will n- never fully understand? Do you think it's a bad thing? Do you think, yeah, if you assume that they never did, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Or does it even matter? Um, I don't think it, no, it's not the end of the world. Um, it's growing. Um, and these World Cups coming up, will the World Cup will help. 
I don't know. It's tough, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of why, like, and I'm trying to think if in the future, if like our generation, my generation and your generation will like start to watch soccer. Cause like my parents, parents generation, they don't watch, they don't watch soccer. Yeah. Like they would never do that, but yeah, they might throw on some, yeah. some NFL on Sunday. That's just like such a culture in America. NFL Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah so i don't think it i think it's going to continue to grow but i don't think it's yeah, like the end of the world that it's not and i don't think it'll it might get up to nba and nfl but not for a while yeah i don't i don't if it happens in my lifetime i'll be surprised i'll celebrate it, yeah I'll be surprised. that would be amazing that would be amazing yeah but it's the like you say it's the culture the culture here in the uk is very different the culture in the usa like on a saturday it's college football yeah from where i was 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah, sit down. That's it. Done. There's no. There's no space. There's not even a window of opportunity for to watch like a soccer game because it's like, nah. It's it's American football. That's it. Uh-huh. And and again, even like my neighborhood where I live, like shout out to them. But they, I've tried to explain the rules to them, and some of the things that confuse them the most is the fact that we played continuously for 45 minutes. Yeah, they find it boring. <laughs> yeah, but then me on the other side is I hate it when I see ad breaks in American oh, sports. Oh, it's the worst. There's timeouts every 15 seconds. Yes. Oh, dude, it's brutal. Yeah. Like even I remember going to my first basketball game or maybe it was an uh, American football game and it said like two minutes to go. Didn't leave the didn't leave the arena for 30 minutes. I was like, yo, how has how this two minutes lasted 30 minutes? Yeah, it's crazy. That That is, yeah. yeah. Shot TV timeout. That's so true. Shot but timeout. I think, yeah, I think that's probably like American, like we're such a short, like, I mean, that's everybody now these days with social media and phones and stuff, but we have such a short attention span yeah. that they find soccer, uh, boring, yeah. uh, but they love all like the action hits and the quick, the quick stop and start restart yeah. in uh, basketball and NFL. Yeah. I see that. Right. So I've got some general questions for you, then a bit of fun at the end. Yeah. So, um, which, who do you reckon, who's been the biggest inspiration to you in your career so far? I mean, other than my family, like my mom, um, like a player. No, you can say your mom. That's fine. Like, that's... Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, yeah, my mom. Um, yeah. She's always there for to support and, and push me. And I just know that I have support and family back home no matter what. Yeah, that's huge. And you've mentioned his name a couple of times. So I'm wondering if this is going to be the answer. But which coach has been the biggest influence on your career? Oh, I mean, Greg. For halter, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and then I would say, Chabi, my keeper coach here. Okay, is there a moment in your career you'd like the chance to redo? Uh, no. Um, it'd be nice to win a national championship, though, um, and not lose that at Maryland. Um, no, I wouldn't, because yeah, those are all lessons. Okay. You're on like chapter two of this perfect answer book. This is impressive, man. This is if you make chapter three, I'll be oh god, the people give them what they want. Okay, the next one then. Are there any moments you'd like to relive? Oh yeah. Oh, just soccer wise, or that's a loaded question. Yeah. Wow. No, you go on. You go go wherever you want. Go wherever you want. Just a moment to relive. It. Just like something to just feel again. Um. I mean, when we did the. Uh, when the crew went down to Atlanta and we played a Mercedes Benz for the first time and they beat us like two or three times that season, like three, nothing. 
Mm-hmm. We went down there in playoffs, and it was a knockout round, and we beat them in PK shootout. I mean, that was, and it was during like Save the Crew. Okay. Yeah, that I mean that that whole yeah kind of season was special. Okay. How about the best players you played with in the MLS? In the MLS. Oh, uh, Pipa Iguain, um, mm-hmm. playing for Columbus. Um, uh, Jonathan Mensa, B center back. Mm-hmm. Little Trap was a general in the midfield for us. Yeah, you guys had a nice team to be fair. Giazzi, Zardes, he was up top. Um, yeah, I'd say them. Was uh, Darlington there then or not? Oh, no. He came, he came last season? Was it? I got to give him a shout out because I enjoy watching him. Yeah, I enjoy watching yeah, him. Yeah, he's, oh, he's so talented, man. Yeah, He's sure. a good dude, too. All right. <clears throat> for the national team then, what do you think is needed to get to the next level? Because it feels to me like the talent is there, but what do you reckon will make the next make the difference to the next stage? Experience, um, yeah, young guys, young players coming over here and playing with these big, big clubs and these big leagues and and getting games, um, and then yeah, just international experience, playing games together and and getting to want, know one another on the field and off the field more. Okay, do you think the national team gets better if the MLS gets better? Uh so if the MLS gets better with the national, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know because most young Americans that are on the national team are coming over here. Yeah. 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 They okay. wouldn't really be in the MLS, but mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. So let's, let's take this, take the edge off a little bit now. Okay. So you could only win one title. Would it rather be for a club side or the national side? Ha. <laughs> Jeez, um, coming at the net today. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, if the national side could be the World Cup, then it would be the World Cup. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. So, would you rather score a winning penalty or save the one that wins you the championship? Uh, I'd rather save it. Really? You one of those? Ah, oh, come on, man. Just put your gloves down for a second. Uh, put your gloves down for goalkeeper. one second, man. Just <laughs> for one second. <laughs> but like, goalkeepers aren't expected to save it. You're expected to score it. Yeah, but imagine that feeling in the pictures as you whack it into the top corner and like you with your gloves on scored. Yeah, I mean, that'd be like a once in a lifetime thing ever. I know, and you yeah. turned it down. You turned it down to save a shot. But all right, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, sad. so would you rather win the league and never keep a clean sheet or never concede for the whole season but get no silverware? Uh, I'd rather win the league and let all the goals in. Okay, okay. I'm a team okay, player. Okay, see, that, that's, that's chapter four. I'm a team player. That's chapter four. That's chapter five. There we go. <laughs> yes, yes. I see this. I see this. Would you rather be in a team that's successful but has literally no chemistry off the field or one which isn't as successful but is a great environment to be in? Uh, the second one, for sure. I definitely, I'm a big chemistry, like, enjoy life, like, enjoy the whole, the whole ride, the whole process. Um, okay, so... That you've you left with two options, yeah. You either have to call football that you play now football in America, like insist on calling it football to everyone. You always have to talk about football, or you're in the UK and you <laughs> constantly have to call it soccer. Like really force it down people's throats. Which would you rather do? 
Uh, I'm going to do what I'm doing now and call it football. <laughs> you call it, rather call it football in America, yeah? Yeah, I'd rather call it football in America, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because, I mean, that could that could give me more conversation. The, the people over there think I'm talking about American football. Okay. And they actually and then, maybe know about it. And then they'll be <laughs> disgusted when you don't mention Tom Brady or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so just, uh, just a couple more things, yeah? So you've been in Manchester for six months now, basically, yeah? So I want to, uh-huh. I just want to test you out with a couple of things, okay? So I'm going to say some phrases, okay. and I need you to tell me what I'm saying, yeah? Okay. So, so if I said you're pecking me head, what does that mean? You're giving me a headache. I don't know. Yeah, that's not bad. Not, I haven't heard it, but okay. That's not bad. That means you're annoying me. I haven't. You're heard pecking that. my head. You're annoying me. Okay. You're pecking my head. Yeah. Makes sense. How about if I said that's bobbins? I haven't heard that yet. Uh, it's not like that's crazy. What's that? No, no, no. Do you want a second try? That's not very good. That's Bobbins. Like that shot was Bobbins. That food was Bobbins. That restaurant was Bobbins. Awful. Yeah. Terrible. I'm teaching you. Listen, I'm giving you the knowledge today. I'm giving you. I'm giving you the knowledge today. Yeah. I appreciate it. This yeah. is going to help you for the whole time you're in this city. As you should, though. And, you're a Manchester native. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. How about if I said our kid? Our kid. Our kid. Our kid. That's technically what I'm saying. Yeah, but with a bit of the accent. Our right. kid. Yeah. What's up, our kid? No idea? Is that? All right, cool. Well, if somebody says our kid, they're talking about family or a very close friend. Okay. Yeah? Our kid is like family or a very close friend. All right? Okay. All right. So finally, just one one more thing then. So all the guests on the show that do play, they give me a five-a-side team of the best players that they've played with. Okay. Yeah? So it has to be, it's not like a six aside, five outfielders, because people get confused yeah, by absolutely. that. It's one goalkeeper, four outfielders. So who's in your team? So am I the goalkeeper then? No, oh. you're not. Get out of your own backside, man. Of course you're not playing. <laughs> um, I mean, all right. So, so who mm. I've played with? Uh, yeah. Um, I'd say Ederson then. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course you can, yeah. All right. I'm going to put in... Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. As you do. And I'm looking at the... Uh, must, be, must be nice. I'm looking at the uh, MLS All-Star. I'm going to bring in some of those guys. Um, Th- that's a that's a subtle flex, by the way. You didn't <laughs> say you're looking at Columbus roster. You said, I'm just looking at the MLS All-Stars. All right, okay, okay. Uh, I'll say Carlos Vela. Mm-hmm. So what is that? That's three. That's now? three. Yep. Um, I would put... Uh, oh, man. Bernardo Silva. Okay. So is that? That's like all city. Yep. Um, Listen, if you want to do that, you can do that. That's lame. You got, I don't want to do that. I got one more, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, who I played with? Christian Pulisic. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 Well, that's and uh, just to close that off, then, which is your, which has been your favorite stadium? Like, where would you host this game? Ooh, with fans. With fans, yeah. Um, that I played in. I mean, Dortmund would be up there. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, or to Eddie had with fans. And the coach would be. Who would you pick? Your uh, favorite. Uh, my favorite coach. Yeah. Pep. 
say less. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. People, listen, everybody that's listened to this point here, after I said your favorite coach, they were like, okay, come on, say it, say it, say it, no, say it. I, it. Felt, I felt the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it now, man. So thank you very much for coming on today. Welcome to the city. Welcome to my city. And, you know, if you need anything at all, you know, I'll be happy to show you around, tell you all about it. Because, as I say, I've got a bit of a history here. Appreciate but yeah, man, it's great to see you, my brother. Man. Thanks for having me on. That's no, my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So there you have it, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed today's show and that you're enjoying the new style. A big shout to Zach for sparing the time. And lastly, thanks to Mr. Producer Ryan Hale for continuing to do everything from 5,000 miles away. Be sure to subscribe, stay safe, and stay tuned. Bye for now.